Arsha many, many times. I'm just going to point out a couple of them. It's really a, a Musa Haskell. And it ties into a Yisoyed I heard from a Yankif Zatzal many years ago on the concept of Ein Dov Ho'emid Bifnei HaRotzen. The parasha begins with Aaron HaKoyen lighting the menorah. So Rashi brings down the Chazal. When Aaron HaKoyen saw that the Nesim had the Chanukah Sanesim, he was Choshodaita. He got weakened. So of course, the Rishonim, but he's starting with the Ramban, and then Ad Soif, Ad Zmanenu, all the Parshanim ask, what in the world was bothering Aaron HaKoyen? Aaron HaKoyen was the premier Ovid in the Migdash, the Koyen God. Everything went through him. Even the Korbanos Hanasim went through him. Nobody could do any Avodah Beis Hamidish without going through Aaron HaKain. Aaron HaKain Ubanov. So what did he feel bad about? He should be happy that the Nasim also got a Shtikol Chelek. He should be Sameach. Besimchas Chaveira a little bit. So Baruch Hashem, Nasim got a Shtikol something. Instead, he can't, Kenish Faginin like we say in Yiddish. That the Nesim also got something. So instead of the Rebbeinu telling Aaron, like Moshe told the Bnei Levi, Hamat Mikem, we're going to learn about that soon in a couple of parashiyas. When Moshe talks to the Bnei, Bnei Levi, he says, "You want to be kashtem gam kuhuna? Hamat Mikem that Hashem was mavdul you." Moshe tells the Bnei Levi, "Hashem gave you such a schus." To be mislavet and avodas hamigdash, and now what? You want also kahuna? The kashtem gam kahuna. So you would think that Aaron Akain would get a similar response. Hamat mikem kiyivdal Hashem oischa v'kol yisrael lavet avodas hamigdash v'kashtem gamis kabonis anesim. So what is what's the what's the beer in this? But instead, the Rabbanishim tells him, don't worry, we have something else for you. We have the, the Menorah. What does the Menorah do? Chayecha, that the Menorah is going ahead to, the Menorah is going ahead to shine in the future generations. So it's a Shailin to be shining, what it means. Actually, the Ramban is really a Medrash. What the Ramban quotes is a Medrash. That is reflecting also the Hanukkah on his Chashmanoyim, many generations later, first of all, does it have to do with Aaron HaKoyen? What does it have to do with the Korbanos HaNesim? Why in Shemitah Why does that make him feel better now? But that's what Chazal tells us. The Nesim, they only had L'Shah. What you have is going to be Lodaris, meaning after the Chorim Beis HaMikdash. Because Menorah is all throughout Klaishol's history. So the whole thing is modern. Very, very strange. Another thing that stands out 
is that it starts telling us again the structure of the, of the menorah. What do you tell me how the menorah was made? Going through the whole shtickle to her again. Like the mare, like the fire that Hashem showed Moshe when he built the menorah. What are you talking about? We learned about that. Pashos Tetzave, we learned about it. We don't have to learn again the same thing. So obviously there's some connection to that as well. You have to know what that is. You go on to Parsha of Korban Pesach, and we have the famous Parsha Pesach Sheni, which is introduced by the Oisam Anoshim, whoever they were, whether Mishav Valtzofen, according to one, others, who are Tomei, and they come to Moshe and they say as follows, Anachnu Tmeim Lefesh Adam, Lomo Nigoa, Levilti Hikri Vez Korban Hashem B'mayadim Zech B'nei Yisrael. Why should we lose? Moshe tells him, Wait here, I'll tell you what HaKadosh Baruch is going to tell me. This is the puzzle. A lot of questions stand out here. First of all, Pasha's Pesach Sheni should have been given when it was given. Why is it given in this way? Through those Anoshim, I'll show you to me. Assuming that Pasha Sheni was not known, which is the way it's mashma. Moshe said, wait, I'll ask HaKadosh Baruch. Why is Moshe even asking Yeshayla? We have isolated places that Moshe Rabbeinu goes to the back to the Rabbanu Shemtesk, by B'nai Salafchot, by the Mekoshish, and over here. Isolated places in, in the Torah where Moshe goes back to Hashem. The other places... It's at least comprehensible why Moshe did it. He went back to Hashem. We can understand it. Why he forgot those halachas, why he didn't know them. Good. For that we could, we could analyze it for many, many years. And we still won't get to understand the prati pratim. But on a very superficial level. B'nai Slav would come to Moshe. They want to know what's the story with their inheritance. The Gemara comes in Baba Basra, explains there was a and the Gemara says over there in Daf Kufi test, there was a there was a fine-tuned question whether it's Israel's Muhsik, whether it's Israel's already considered in the domain of the Ovis, of the Yitzim Mitzrayim, and therefore Bnei Slavchad being the children of Slavchad ben Chayfer, who was a Bechar, they should get double. You only get double something that's in your father's domain. The Bechar only gets double something that's in the father's domain. In the, to the level, to the degree of muhsik. What's muhsik? Some of you may remember from Yesh Neichon. It's not a simple one-word answer, what's muhsik. But muhsik clearly means that it has to be more than just owned, it has to be in the domain of the, of the moirish, of the person, the deceased person, in order for it to go bihusha pishnayim. So Moshe had a sensitive question. Is Eretz Yisrael muhsik? Is it not muhsik? Okay. So we understand. They asked the Mishaila. And Moshe understands that he needs to give a psak aloha. And it's unclear what's the gather of Eretz Yisrael at this juncture. Because on the one hand, Eretz Yisrael is the schalkel yaitz in 
On the one hand, one man Dalma holds the way we paskin, Eretz Yisrael was given to the Yetzim Mitzrayim. On the other hand, they didn't actually get it yet. So how do we treat Eretz Yisrael? Good. So Moshe had to go to the Rebbein Shalom. And he was sure, that's what Chazal tells us, that can go back to Hashem, that stands there with, with confidence, that I can go back to the Rebbein Shalom, he's going to give me a Pesach Aloch. True. But part of Moshe's confidence was that he knew that there's got to be a verdict. Is Eretz Yisrael Muchzik? Or is it not Muchzik? Do Benoi Slavchad get one chalik or two chalakim? He, he can't say, I don't know. That's not an option. There wasn't an option to tell the Benoi Slavchad, I don't know. I mean, it's an option. But that's not a conclusionary option. So now what? So Moshe had the Maila. If they came to Arov, the Rav would go, I don't know, Tzarechi and Godl, I don't know. Ashrei, Yiluri Isha, we had a Pesach like Moshe Rabbeinu, that he could say, one second, I'll get you a Pesach Aloch. When I was growing up, they used to say, Arov, Ashrei Arov, that has Moshe's phone number. Right? So you could call him Moshe. Ashrei. So Moshe had, had a red phone. Ashrei, Ashrei, Yiluri Isha. But we understand that Moshe Rabbeinu was at an impasse. He had to give a Pesach Aloch. He had to issue a Pesach Aloch. And the Pesach Aloch, eh, he knew that, there's a, that this, needs, this needs to come to some kind of conclusion. Makes sense. Same thing by the Makoshish. Yodeya Moshe and the Makoshish was Chayv Misa. He didn't know which Misa he was Chayv. Was he Chayv? Was he Chayv? He didn't know. So what Misa do you give him? So you have to go to Hashem and ask, what's the Pesach? What is the Pesach Aloha? So we understand Moshe Rabbeinu's seeking out counsel from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and, and knowing that there's going to have to be a verdict. So those are, those are clear. In fact, according to one Chazal, the Mekoshish was Tzalavchot. It's one person. The Benay Tzalavchot. It's actually connected. It's one person. I gave a whole Machshava on that, why it was the same person. Because according to the Mishnah Lamalach, this is just a possible Malach. The Mishnah Lamalach, Prashas Tarachim, says that what's the reason why the Makoshish was Machal Shabbos? The Gemara says he was Lashem Shemayim Niskav. He meant it Lashem Shemayim. He meant Lashem Shemayim? What was Lashem Shemayim? Prashas Tarachim says, he brings down from Tshuva Sarashba, that after the Chet of the Miraglim, Klai Yisrael thought, now we don't have to keep the Torah. Because the whole Torah is given, Laman Hovi Yashem Now that it was decreed that they're not going in, we don't have to keep the mitzvahs. That was what they erroneously thought. That was their mistake. So the Tzlof, so the Makoshish, was Moise and Nefesh to show them otherwise. Says the Mishnah Lamelech, what Taka was wrong with their calculation? Says the, says the Mishnah Melech, Eretz Yisrael Muchzek Esimi Avisek. Moirosha. Venosati Yisrochem Moirosha. Ani Hashem. So it comes out beautiful. The Benoist Tzolofchot, they, their father, was Moiser Nefesh to teach the lesson that Eretz Yisrael is Muchzek So they came and said, Loma Nigara, we should get Pishnayim. We should get double. Because they, they had, from, and it makes sense also, 
why the Benoist Slavchot stuck their father in. Avinu Meis, Veloy Bechetoy Meis. Why are you mixing about their father died? Tavera. It almost sounds like they're being Mavaz their father. He did a chet, but it wasn't the chet of Kairach. The Territ says they were crediting their father. They were crediting their father that he was Moise Nefesh to, to teach Klaus all Eretz and therefore you have to keep the Territ. So now we're coming payback time. But anyway, that's a side issue. That's a side issue. The fact remains, we understand. Here, here, that Tomei, they come to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say, why is Moshe confident that there's some kind of answer to that question? Chazal are telling us, Ashrei Yiludi Isha. Right? Praiseworthy, lucky is a human being that could go back to Hashem with confidence and know he's going to get an answer. What made Moshe Rabbeinu think he's going to get an answer to this question? Why didn't he think the Rebbe was going to tell him, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah What's Moshe coming? He's saying, wait, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you an answer. Don't worry. You're getting an answer. Why? Why would they, why would they, why would Moshe think that there's an answer to this question? Other than, too bad. Sorry. Again, we're assuming that the Pasha's Pesach Shani wasn't given yet. Which means, we only had one Pasha Pesach, and that Pasha Korban Pesach that we had, is, you can only bring a Korban Pesach if you're Torah. So, what's the question? So obviously there's something, something going on here. We have to know what that is. What is going on here? What's the Pshat? At the end of the parasha, and again, there's so much in the parasha of the same point. I'm just, this has to do with the Messiah. There's not the time to do this. But the end of the parasha, the parasha ends with parashas Aaron and Miriam. Complicated, very complicated parasha. Aaron and Miriam. Where Miriam tells Aaron, a and a psashtik, a brekel of Lashon Hara on Moshe Rabbeinu, vak Lashon Hara, whatever it is, and and the Rebbeinu Shalolam immediately stops her in her tracks. And he calls Pisoy. Immediately Hashem stops the conversation. And he calls in Aaron and Miriam. And that's how the parash ends. Vayim Hashem Pisoy Mamorom. Tzus Tosar Leilmoyet. Vayim Hashem Mamoronam. Vayikro Aaron and Miriam. And he gives them a whole Muslim. Now what did Miriam say? Miriam told her brother Aaron, she was she was fetching about the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu had to separate himself from his wife. Who's he to separate from his wife? That was her time. That was Miriam. For some reason, the only response that the Torah gives, so the Baruch is outraged, 
Pissoim. Pissoim you only find in the Torah isolated cases. By Koyrach, by Pissoim, which obviously represents a Hanhoga of the Rabbanu Shalma, a Haroinaf of the Rabbanu Shalel, an urgency. Moshe Rabbeinu is being spoken about. And what does it say? Hashem goes and explains to them. It even says, Vayicharaf Hashem Bom. It even uses that lotion. Vayicharaf Hashem Bom. So what does it tell us about Moshe Rabbeinu? So much to say about Moshe Rabbeinu. It says one thing. That's Moshe. Moshe is humble. The humblest man. This is Moshe. Why, from all the qualities of Moshe Rabbeinu, do we bring that quality? Why Yish Moshe on of Moed? Now, Miriam wasn't talking about Moshe's humility. She was talking about why is he different than the other Nevi'im? Which Hashem explains. All the other Nevi'im, they, they get a vision. They don't have clarity. Speaks to the Nevi'im in a dream. But Moshe, like in Avdi Moshe, that's the answer to Miriam. That's the real answer. Miriam, you're, you're wrong. Right? Mr. and Miriam knew that. Just like we know that. Right? Mr. and Miriam knew that too. So in fact, the Torah doesn't say the shtickle Torah right when they said the Lashonara. When they said the Lashonara, the Torah's immediate response, for that's, that's the immediate response. Then the Rabbani Shemulsa gives us the Torah, you should know, Moshe's Nevu is different, it's Pelpat, which Lachar and Miriam do that. Lachar is just like, we know that, Miriam knew that. Miriam knew that she couldn't tell people she knew that. Miriam knew that Moshe is different. In fact, in the Tzivmi Velozhin, says a hafla de Gavot, he says that we find that the mitzvahs that Moshe didn't know, it says HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed him a vision of it. The Herole HaKadosh Baruch Hu Be'etzba. Mashman HaShem pointed to it. So the Tzivmi Velozhin says, why does HaShem have to point? Moshe could put the pieces together. If Moshe doesn't know what the Machzah Shekel is, Hashem shows him Machzah Shekel. If Moshe doesn't know what the Levona is supposed to look like when you're Makadish Levona, he showed him, Hashem has to point to it. So Nitziv says yes. Because since these mitzvahs Moshe didn't understand, so Hashem communicated to him with a Mare, in order for it to be elevated to Nevoas Moshe, it had to be bad spot. Hashem had to point to it and make it clearer than it would have been to a Navi. Because that's Moshe's Aspakari Amir. So the etzba, the Hashem pointing to it, took the place of Pel according to the Nitzif. That's the concept. So Miriam knew that. And that's really the response. So why is, why is the Torah's response? For Why is that the response? 
So Rabbi Isai, I think the answer that you have to say here is like this. Rabbi Yankif had a half of the Gevorot, what it means, aimed over Oymid Bifnei Halot. It's all Shaila about if that Maimah Chazal exists. There is, there is such a Yalkut Nachmeni that actually says that those words, aimed over Oymid Bifnei Halot. But it's not, it's not a, like a, a known Maimah Chazal, even though it's known. So although that specific Maimah Chazal, and I've seen critics that say that Ain which is quoted all over, is not an actual Maimah Chazal. First, like I say, there is some mocker that it's a Maimah Chazal. But really, without being critical, there's countless Maimah Chazal that say the same thing, not in those words. Chazal tell us that a person, his Ratzon is his main thing. And what he wants to do will occur. Ain't the one fair lots. But Biankif Zatzal asked the following question on that idea of Ain the one fair lots and all. Masha the Moritz of Rosh the Moritz the Lelach. But Biankif asked the following. He said, "Mezetach nitazay." We see not like that. We see people that have a burning desire for something. They don't. Now, even if you'll tell me, well, it's limited to spiritual things. Even in spiritual things. A person could have a tremendous rotson for something. Doesn't necessarily materi- materialize. Doesn't materialize. I mean, Reb Chaim Kinevsky is who he is because he had a rotson to be Reb Chaim. But I would suggest that Reb Chaim Kinevsky didn't have a rotson to be Reb Chaim. He'd want to be a Ragachov. He would want to be a snail ben Kanaz. But he's Reb Chaim. Which is kind of fine. It's kind of fine. Right? Mistama, you could go to all the Gdele Tzadikei Yisrael and their Rotzen is something entirely different and much more than what they ended up with. Exactly. No, what happens after? You, you could say it your whole life. You're still not going to be Avrom Yitzhak and Yankif. You could say it. You could mean it. Right? So one way is you could be very critical. You don't really want it. You don't really want it. Rabbi Yankif said, I knew my cousin, Rav Rudaman. Rav Rudaman a Gavol Zayin de Vilna but he was a Vudim. Vudim in the sky, it's fine. I'll cool him. He should be a Vudim. Yeah? But Vudim didn't want to be a Vudim. He wanted to be much more than a Vudim. Vudim, when he was in Slobodka, and the lights, the candles, the lights, whatever was available at the time, went out, and there was no was pitch, he would go on a rooftop. And he would learn as long as there was enough light from the moon, he would use moonlight to learn. And the story goes that Rabbi Yankif, who was his older cousin, Rabbi Yankif always took pride that he was his, this was his younger cousin who he, who he took care of. So the story goes that Rabbi Yankif told him, Rabbi Yankif was a health, very tuned into health. In halachi, he was that way. He felt in halachi, you have to take care of your health. And he was, he was 
engrossed in that, taking care of his health, exercise, eating. So Rabbi Yankiv says he used to tell Rav Udaman when he was a Bochel, that's not what, it's not good for your eyes. It's not good for your eyes. Anyway, Rav Udaman got older, and he was still a lot younger than Rabbi Yankiv. He lost his vision. I mean, a lot. He was several years younger than Rabbi Yankiv. He lost most of his vision. So those of you, I mean, nobody here, but maybe the older door, maybe the Manal, and, and the oil on my Choshev Rabbonim, remember that Ravudaman, his glasses got thicker and thicker, and at the end, Imamish needed, actually the last couple of years, maybe the last two years, they did a, they did a surgery, which helped his vision a lot. But he used to learn with a, a huge, the Gemara, they had a screen that like blew up the, 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 the words of the Gemara because it was so... And Rabbi Yankif didn't forget, you know, 75, 80 years back, Rabbi Yankif said, I told you. You know, you see, I could still read. I told you. And Rav Rudman looked at Rabbi Yankif and he said, I have, I have no regret. Every minute that I hopped, I have no regret. That's what was Rudman's reaction. And Rabbi Yankif, when Rabbi Yankif used to say, he said, I only said it because I knew that was going to be his response. I wanted to hear it. It's good for my Yerushalayim. I wanted to hear it. I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to say, I've no charot. But Rav Udeman wanted to be much more than Rav Udeman. He wanted to be much more than Rav Udeman. You think of Rav Alev Steinemann, who's as close that we know of to a Malach, you think he didn't want to be more than what he was? He wanted to be Gavriel, as big as Gavriel. Sometimes he didn't want to be Gavriel, Gavriel's bottom and I miss this, but... Yeah. He, take, he, he reached the highest level we could understand. I just saw a Leo Diskin. See, he remembers the Chabur that went with Rav Steinemann when he was in, already, when he went to, 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 to France and he, when he made that big trip. He was already in the mid-90s. And he went all over to, and he was as frail as a, he went across the world. So first of all, he said, his schedule was the same on the plane. The way it was in B'nai Brak, that was his schedule throughout the trip. He stayed on the same schedule. He says, we all came back, the Chabur, and I went with Rav Steinemann. They came back Friday morning. For Shtetzach, you went to Rav Steinemann, you know, to France, I think they went to, to Canada, to America. I mean, it was a, it was a crazy trip. They came back Friday. What do you think? When I land Friday from Eretz, you can relax. He said, Rav Steinemann came home. It was Friday. By the time he came home, it was early afternoon. Yes. Opened up his vachim. He was writing in the Chidushim and Zvachim. Because he started writing Chidushim and Zvachim in the 80s, when he was in the 80s. He said he never learned Zvachim properly, and that's when he started writing his, the, the three Krochim that we have in Zvachim today from Rav Steinemann. That's when he started writing when he was in the 80s. So Lamaisa, he kept that. And then he, ta- he said he wants to have the same Kabbalah's call that he has. You know, he takes people in. No different. Meaning, there's no. He landed. Came, everybody's dead. All the 40 year old bodybuilders are dead. And there's a regular schedule. Nothing changed. But Afal Pikain, Rabbi Yankif is saying, Avada, they want more. 
So what does it mean, ain't the void of the Eros? So Rabbi Yankov said, a half of the Gavort. Rabbi Yankov said, does not mean that whatever your rotten is, it's going to happen. I want to be the Vulnagoyim. I want to be a combination of the Chovetz Chaim and the Chaim Priest and the Ragashot. That's the Vikavaldik and the Tarufis, right? I want to be like that. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. But the Yankov said, every single rotten makes Paris, makes fruit. Something comes from that rotten. Something's accomplished. Oh, I had the rotsen and it went in the garbage. No, it doesn't go in the garbage. That rotsen is very, very impacting. Ain't over Something, nothing will stand and block that rotsen from accomplishing. Will it accomplish what you envision? Not necessarily. But it will be, it will accomplish wonders. Rotsen is the most powerful force in your life. So Mamela, that's what Ain't Rotson means. Means you're going to accomplish from that that Rotson is going to accomplish. I you could look back and say, Well, I didn't get what I I understand. But you you gain tremendously from that Rotson. And that's what my week and I say. It doesn't say Mevim I say Shama. But there are shots of other Ratsalikhim. They lead him. They lead him. So you, you want to be a Vilnagoyim? You really want to be a Vilnagoyim? That Rotson is going to bring you in that direction. You're going to go there. Will you actually be a Vilnagoyim? Well, that's, that's a different issue. But there's going to be a Malichim. The Rotson is not going to be dead on arrival. The Rotson is going to be tremendously impacted. When I heard that from a Bianchi, if I was a kid, it was a tremendous chizik for me. Tremendous, tremendous chizik. And he always said how each one of his chaverim in Slabotke, he sees who they are 70 years later. It's all the fruits of their rotsen that they had then. Each one had that, that uh, rotsen that they had. Somebody told me that was on the boat with Rabbi Vigdor Miller when he went to Slabotke. And they were talking, you know, what they want to be. Like, you know, what we want to be one day. Rabbi Vigdor Miller said, I would like to be mashpia on simple people. He was mashpia on, on great people too. But I think he would go down in history, in American history, as one of the greatest mashpiyim, even on simple people. As simple as they get. There was nobody who was too simple to get Ashpur from Rabbi Vigdor Miller. He spoke in simple English, which the other European Gedalim couldn't do. And he spoke very simple. Very, very simple. He spoke to the people that were sitting there in the most simple, down-to-earth way. But that was his... That was B'derech Shodom Reitzelelech. 80 years before. 70 years before. So that's what it is. Aaron HaKoyen, Aaron HaKoyen, had a tremendous rotson. He had a rotson. His rotson was to be Makar of the Rebbe His rotson wasn't to be the president in the base Hamigdash, to be the, the guy who gets all the, all the attention. If that was his desire, he would have not felt bad at all missing the Korban on the scene. <laughs> the Korban on the scene. The Korbanos that they brought, they had to come to me and say, 
Moreno v'rabeinu agoyin atzadik aron agoyin. Please bring our korban. They had to get. They had to get his protection to bring the, the korbanos. Aaron Akoyim wasn't looking for COVID. He had one Ratzin to serve Hashem. And he was like the Dogim Shabiyam that Rabbi Kiva spoke about, where there's never enough. There's never enough. If you're looking to stick out, Aaron Akoyim, <laughs> he stuck out as good as you can get. He should have gone into retirement. As far as attention, he could go into attention retirement. He has the maximum attention. So we right away look at this chazal. Aaron Akoyim felt bad. And they see him, they got the attention and they walked in, they brought their own. Hey, I wasn't part of that. Then we have the question. What do you mean you weren't part? Even while they were getting attention, you were getting most of the attention of their attention. There's no attention game here. There was just a rotsen. And the rotsen had no end. Somebody has rotsen to serve Hashem is no end. And that was Aaron Akrain. It was just a pure rotson to serve Hashem. And therefore, every, every lost opportunity, every, every dot of Avodah Hashem that he, that he didn't, possibly didn't take advantage of, it wasn't the covet. The covet of it was no problem. He wasn't lacking any covet. The Rabbanishim told him, this rotson is going to bear fruit. This rotson that you have, chayecho, it's going in a chanami. It's not going to work now for to bring a chalukas hanasim, but it's going to bear fruit. This rotson is going to eventually have pears. When the when the people that were tomei lenefer shodem, and the reason why it goes back to the ma'aseh menorah, is because the menorah really is mesamel the whole Torah. We know that. Kinnar Mitzvah Torah. The menorah is symbolic of the whole Torah. The whole menorah, how was it built? How was the menorah built? The menorah was built, Hashem came to Moshe Rabbeinu, and He told him to build something which is impossible to build. He told him to build something which is impossible to build. Because of Arai, He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. You can't say Moshe didn't try. He couldn't do it. He Not only He couldn't do it, he couldn't understand it. Hashem had to show him. And he couldn't build it either. Ultimately, he had to just take a piece of gold and put it in the fire. And the menorah came out. Right? So what, the, what was the whole point of going through the whole Shaklavatari with Maish Rabbeinu? First, Maish Shvitz through to try to understand it. He couldn't get it. The Rabbanishim knew he wasn't going to get it. Then the Rabbanishim showed him a picture. Fire. Oh, still couldn't make it. Then... But let me ask you. So one question is, why didn't Hashem just tell him, take a, take a, take a gold? Throw it in. That's one question. So on that question, if the Olam remembers, I gave you a teretz. A lomdash teretz. The lomdash teretz is we're learning Ilcha Shabbos. Every malacha needs to be a malachas machshevis. Malachas machshevis means you have to have intention to create that malacha. Memela, if Moshe wouldn't have known what the menorah looks like, just taking the, the piece of gold and throwing it into the fire, he wouldn't have been associated with the Tetzal, with the menorah that came out. So Hashem had to crystallize to him what the menorah looks like. Now Moshe could pick up the gold and say, okay, I want to create that, throw it in. Now it's Tasas HaMenorah. That was the way he made the menorah. 
So fine. So we have a lumdush atelet. But in machshava, question is, why do Bnei go the same mishom avahoy oelam and gave Moshe the ability for everything else? Why didn't he give him the ability to make the menorah? Was it was too complicated. There's nothing. It's too complicated for the Rebbeinu Shalom. Let Moshe make the menorah. Why did the Rebbeinu Shalom make it so hard for Moshe Rabbeinu to make the menorah? Just, just like the fire made the menorah. It's a bigger miracle. It's a far greater miracle that the menorah came out of the fire, ready made, beautiful. Then Moshe would have sat there and chiseled it. Moshe would betzal the leaf. That's a smaller miracle, right? So why didn't the Rebbeinu make this smaller miracle? We say, it's too hard. So what did Hashem do? Take the gold, throw it in, Menorah is going to come out. Oh, that's a smaller miracle. Give him the know-how. Give him the know-how. Obviously, the lesson here was, end of First, you're going to learn through the sukkah. Then, I'm going to even help you understand it. And then, ultimately, there's going to be supernatural forces that will make the Rotson come to, to materialize. And that's why the menorah was done that way. It's a lesson. It wasn't just, oh, they hit a snag. When they were putting up the Mishkan, they heard a snag. The contractor came and said, oh, have you ever had that with a contract? I can't, I, I, I don't know. Came to a problem. And then it's the architect's fault, the architect's the contract, the framer, then you, then you have the poor spiel of going around with everybody. The, 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 the foundation guy, the excavator, everybody's blaming. It's a machai, you go to construction job, every single guy is blaming everybody else. If you bear some tiles and not sitting straight, it's not that. It's the framer. It's the sheet rocker. Sheet rocker, it's the framer. If the sheetrocker and framer is the same guy, the sheetrocker can't say it's the framer. So he says it's the foundation guy. But it, it's never their fault. And, and the foundation guy will say the ground shifted. It's the Rebbeinu fault. So then you take it, go, go talk to the Rebbeinu Yeah, But it's never anybody's fault. Yeah. It's not shot that when they came to Menorah, they went and started scratching their heads, but motion. what's going to be? The Rebbeinu created the snag. To show them that end of and that's why it goes through the way the menorah was built again. because the Masi menorah reflects the rotsan of Aaron, which materialized with the Hanukkah Sanasim. So it's all tied together. The rotsan of Aaron is symbolic to the rotsan of Moshe to create the menorah, and ultimately it's going to create. The Bederach showed them right to Lelech, the Chanukah Sachash Menoyim. Ain't over Oymid with their words. When the Tameim came to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they were tzibrochen and tzahakt, they were completely brokenhearted. Why were they so brokenhearted? They're Tameim. Potter. Potter from Korban Pesach. Potter. Snow day. How many, how many of you here are depressed on a snow day? Well, Oruvin doesn't really have snow day. But I mean, those of you that treat a snow day kilo, we have a snow day. There are some. No, now there are some. Huh? You're, you're upset when there's a snow day. Oh, we have the Manal. Manal's upset. 
when there's a snow day. No, but we have no snow days here anyway. I'm just saying, some of the oilum, they treated Kilo as a snow day. I don't know if the men all noticed that. There are, there are some Talmudim that they act as though there's a snow day. Anyway, they just want to be Melamed Sanguri on those in Claudius world that have snow days. They feel that we should be Melamed Schuss on them, so we treated Kilo. Except for Zevi, he comes from Pesach no matter what. No matter what. Right? No matter what. Anyway, so Lemaise, the bottom line is that that the Anoshim, Shehoyotumayim, Lenefeshotim, they would Zebrochim. You know why they would Zebrochim? Because their Ratzon was to serve Hashem. They knew they can't. They knew they can't. They just came crying to Moshe. We want to serve Hashem. Moshe knew then, he didn't know there's going to be Pesach Shani. He knew there's going to be a Bederach Shodom He knew there's going to be something to tell them. Either Hashem will tell them, bring a Kom Toyed. Hashem will tell them, go read the Pasha Kom Pesach Bikilu. He knew that if they have such a burning desire, there's a rule, Bederach Shodom Reutzelelech Moilichen he knew that. And because he knew that, that's it. He didn't say, I'm going to go and get a solution. I, I know Hashem has something to tell you. This rotten that you have, there's, some, there's something going to be with it. Just like when Aaron came crying to me with his rotten, that's how the parasha began. There was an answer to that rotten. He knew that there's an answer to this rotten also. It turned out the, the answer was there's a pace of shame. But he knew that there was going to be an answer. The main Lashon Horeb from Aaron and Miriam, from Miriam, when Miriam told Aaron HaKoyen, Haloi Gambonu Dibur Hashem, she knew, she was no slouch. She knew, if anybody knew, it's Miriam Anavir, who was the first one to be the Novi. She was misnabbed at Moshe is going to come to, 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 to the world. She knew that Moshe was a, a whole different level. No. So what was, what was her question? Her question was, in spite of that, in spite of that, why does that warrant that he shouldn't be able to be with his wife? Perhaps there's a shemetz of Moshe Sticking out. I'm, I'm different. Meaning, there's a piece in him being not with his wife that reflects his desire. To, he's Moshe. Listen, if you were Moshe, <laughs> I'm Moshe. I'm not everybody. I'm not every Novi. There is nobody like me. Like, come be Israel, Novi, come Moshe. You go to a mechanic who knows how to uh, reset. The, the sensor in the car so he could get your car to pass inspection without changing the sensor. Which I met such a mechanic once. He says, I'm the only one that knows how to do it. He's proud. He takes pride in knowing how to reset an air sensor on a fuel injector. And he, he, he says that like he was just machaven to answer four of Kidegos. When I saw the guy tell him, first of all, I decided not to do it because I wasn't sure if it was legal what the guy was doing. But when I looked, I was amused by the guy's pride. 
I may be the only guy in America that knows how to do this. What should I make on you? What do you want me to make on you? I'm a shana breath. What should I make on you? Yeah? If you're a Moshe Rabbeinu, you have an unbelievable Yetzirah to, sh- to show. I'm not like, I'm not, yeah, there are plenty of Nevi'im, but I'm not one of the crowd. I'm Moshe. And Menela, everybody else has on their door Mr. and Mrs. Or Rabbi and Mrs. Or Rabbi Dr. Mrs. Or, do- or Dr. Rabbi Mrs. Whatever. On my door, it's Moshe Hanovi. He's, he can't be disturbed with marriage. He's, he's special. That was the only question. There was no question whether Moshe Rabbeinu was a different Novi than everybody else. The mistake that was made was that Moshe only had one Ratzin to serve Hashem. And any move that he made was only dictated by that. So you know what the spontaneous response is? Then the then the Rebbeinu goes and explains, yeah, he's but the spontaneous response to Miriam is that Moshe is like his brother Aaron. He's not looking for covers. He was, there wasn't even one fraction of a percent in his decision, which was really the Rabbi Shalom's decision, to, 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 be, to live the life that he did, not with his wife, because he's Moshe. He's honored Moshe Mikol Adam that's all. His whole thing is just, his whole avoid is Ratzon Hashem. This also gives us light, we have to stop here, it's very late. This also gives us an understanding, a new understanding of Moshe Rabbeinu's Anivis. Right? The old question, how can Moshe be an honor? How can Moshe be an honor? <laughs> how could Moshe be an honor? He knew, he knew, he was, he was a Yochid of, Yochid Shabakal Adaris. He knew, he was one in, 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 one in history. Not one in the world. One in history. Not one in his time, one in history. He himself, either he wrote it or wrote a Bedema, however you learned the Gemara there. The Teretz is, if your whole mission in life is to serve Hashem, right? so you have, no, you have zero focus on where you are relative to everybody else. Your only focus is, how close are you to Hashem? That's your only focus. You have no focus. How does this guy look at you? How does that guy look at you? Where do you stand? When you go to the Mayetas, do they put you in the center of the stage or on the side? Are you on the first tier by the Aguda Convention? Are you on the second tier or the third tier? Did the Ated put you right in the middle or in between or on the, on the curve so when somebody opens the door, they don't see that part, they see that part? That doesn't... You don't, you don't think that way. You don't... You, your mind doesn't work like that. Your mind only works one thing. Where am I holding with the Rabbani Shalom? On that scale? Kol ha-giboyrim ka'ayin lufanecha. If you're looking at yourself with one measuring stick, how close am I to Hashem? You can always be humble. Because on that, on that scale, your wisdom is worthless, your money is worthless, your affluence is worthless, your personality is worthless. There's, there's nothing on that scale that weighs anything. When that scale, Memele, if you're on that, if you're on that track, 
Onov mo'oid mikol adam, and maybe that's the reason why it says Ashar Peneo Adomo, because Gaiva is only here. If you're if you're if you're an Isha Adomo, then you have a lot of Gaiva, because then you're measure you're constantly measuring where you sit over here. But if you're like Moshe was the Isha Elokim, there's no place for Gaiva. It's Drabanishalelam. How close am I to Hashem? And in that scale, you never have any guy there. It's not shaykh that guy. You could say, and you could still say at the end of Mesecha Seite, there's no, there's no contradiction. And that's what it means. That's the response. And that's really our mission in life. Our mission in life is how close we can get to the Rebbe And if we do that, we, there's no such thing as machloikis, there's no sinner, there's no kinner, there's no... There's just one thing. Getting closer to Rabbi And if that dictates your decisions, you'll be a great husband one day, be a great father, be a great everything. But so long that you're in Isha Adome, and you're busy competing, like the Tanchum says, the whole world is one big competition. That's what the whole world is. The whole world down here is one big competition. In this comp- competing world, there's kinnin, tithing, kovin, machlekes. There's all the bad things. But on the, if you're on the trajectory of getting closer to HaKadosh Baruch that's a very, very perfected path without, without any bumps. It's a alazeich zayin azeich.